in now, say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We are here at the Momentum Studios. Zeb is here behind the controls. Spencer is here behind the mic. Yeah, I'm here, man. We in the building. What's Ooh, up? You sound down. No, 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 no. I'm good, man. I just, uh, you know, uh, it's been a lot going on this week. Man. Yeah, it has. It's a heavy week. <laughs> it's definitely one I'm of tra- those days. Know. It's definitely one of those days where you hate to be a podcaster. And we'll obviously mm. get into that with everything that's going on in the world where obviously being podcasters, we got to talk about it. But it's one of those topics several of those topics that you don't really wish to have to talk about but unfortunately here we are but we are always glad to be here behind the microphone to speak to you all in the same vein but uh yes yeah, it's a tough day to be a podcaster but we'll get into that announcements first you had a new name oh yeah, yeah for the yeah, announcement yeah, yeah, yeah. segment wind shares wind shares wind shares man i think it works if 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 you if you like that it's tweet us, tweet us. Give us feedback. We, we need to know. Yeah, because I think it's hard. I think it works perfectly. It's a little double entendre, wind shares, yeah. sharing wins. That's what we do here at the Wake Up and Win podcast. We try to document and, and the progress of, of you know, uh, our work that we do. Yeah. Devon, you know that. I mean, you're, you're obviously this podcast is, is for you like a... You know, it's like really like a, a like a document. It's like a it's like a like centralized document. location for everything that I do. Sure, exactly. and I'm interested in too. And, and and it's not and it's but it's also it's not just stuff that you're that you're doing or, or I'm doing or whatever. It's just stuff that you know we dig. And I think it's I think it's yeah. gonna work out for a good segment. Man. Yeah, I yeah, think, I think it's a good name. So dog. the wind share segment, the <laughs> announcements do, will now be called the wind share segment, unless you all the listeners say otherwise. Unless y'all say otherwise. So give us feedback. Let us know what you think. I think the concept is pretty good, but if you don't think it's good, then we ain't rocking with it. Yeah, well, 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 well. It depends on who says it ain't good. That <laughs> matters. <laughs> that matters. Um, I told y'all last week, I'm back on the ones and twos this weekend. This Sunday, the 29th, I'll be at Bible Club out in Selwood, 5 to 8 p.m. Nice little evening, daytime-ish vibe. Um, and we're celebrating Mr. Man's 30th birthday here. What up, what up? I'm about to turn 30. <laughs> yeah, pull up to Bible Club, man. Devon's going to be spinning. I'm going to be holding court. We're going to have a hell of a time kicking it. Just come pay tribute and pay homage to me and and, and all the 30 years of, of, of awesomeness and playerificness that I've just been, <laughs> I've been exuding to the world for 30 years. I'm going to try to get another 30 in before I kick it. Got to. Got to. <laughs> a couple more 30s. A couple, a couple more, more 30s. Yeah. But, yeah, 5 to 8 p.m., we'll be there having fun. Um, there's obviously food there if you need to purchase food. Um, and you can definitely purchase whatever you need to have fun that night as well. Again, it's out in Selwood, a nice patio space and it's covered i know the weather is supposed to be not so great but this place is is modeled beautifully um it's covered so you can still stay dry although we will be outdoors hopefully the rain just doesn't happen right. hopefully uh the weather has a mind of its own and says nah not today it, it looks like it's going to start raining now so hopefully it'll try to dump right. that out. Right. Let's get yeah, it over let's with. Let's get it let's over Let's get it over with. Get it out the way. But, but uh, you know what, man? I'll tell you what, bro. My birthday has always been on Memorial Day weekend. And even if the rain – out here, I've experienced many, many of these weekends when it's been rained out, by the way. I just want to say. But generally speaking, this is how the weather was 
when I was yeah. growing up, when it well, was raining all through May and yeah, June. Yeah, the rain doesn't really stop people out here because uh, it always uh, rains. It mm-hmm. rains so often. Like if you want to do I've something, I've never you're held still an umbrella a day in my life. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, one. it's just that's that's how this market works. <laughs> and so we'll that's, be outside with it. Definitely a little different from how I grew up in the Bay. Oh yeah, no doubt. You know, we didn't get much rain in the Bay. Like we were on the water in the Bay Area, so we definitely got like the overcast mm. weather, um, some windy nights, some cold nights, even because. Again, it's a Bay Area. We're right on the ocean, but so I wouldn't say we're like as sunny as it maybe Southern California would be. But um, rain, we didn't get a lot of it. Didn't get a lot of rain, but here it rains. So why am I even talking about it raining in Oregon? Like we don't know that it rains yeah, in Oregon. It, it, well, you know what, dude? That's what we do out here, bro. We talk about the weather. That's what we do. No, Oregon. we are not the weatherman, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Uh, also, you know, go purchase your Street Roots paper. I told y'all every week you'll be hearing me promote the Street Roots newspaper. Go find you a local vendor. Um, also, got to give a big congratulations to Street Roots. Um, award-winning newspaper continues to win more awards. Um, so huge congratulations to our organization, to our editorial department in particular. Um, we were winners in several different categories, for the Society of Professional Journalists, I'm pulling them up here. Um, in the Medium Room Newsroom Division, uh, we had a series that we won first place on for the Foster Care Shuffle. Um, in the Small Newsroom Division, um, we won first place for General Excellence. We won first place for Crime and Law Enforcement Reporting. And we also won first place for Social Equity Reporting. Uh, the stories for those two were the expendable. We won second place for editorial and commentary. So that should tell you a lot of what you need to know in regards to why you need to go out and find a vendor and purchase the Street Roots newspaper. It is phenomenal journalism that weekly is being produced uh, from our organization, again, from our editorial department in particular. So I want to give a huge shout-out to my colleagues, um, a huge shout out to our organization. You know, obviously we work hard to to report fairly, report correctly, but also report critically. And I, I saw a tweet from our executive director, Kaya Sand, and she was quoting our current editor-in-chief, Kate Rambo. And basically uh, what she said was, we are a publication that punches up, essentially. Uh. We don't write the gossipy small stuff we're not punching down with our journalism we are only punching up um we are you know we we go for people in power (laughs) we go for things that are bigger than us that are as big as everybody we're 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 community driven in a lot of different ways so we try to make bigger things happen and we try to challenge bigger things that most people either want or in some cases can't because maybe they're not in a position to be able to punch up and to be able to challenge, you know, some of the bigger poses to society that impact and affect each of our day-to-day lives here as a community. And Street Roots is definitely that newspaper that punches up. You know, we 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 report on things that matter and that matter tremendously. And you obviously see the results of it with all the awards we were able to win. Yeah, I mean, first off, congratulations, definitely. For sure. And I love that. They're a newspaper that's able to punch up. And I guess, I mean, I'm. I, let me try to say this in, like, the most 
direct way that I can that I think at least makes the most sense in my head. It's like, you know, most newspapers and publications and stuff, it's what 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 are they really doing here at the end of the, especially a lot of these places have turned into like tabloid style you know clickbaity you yeah. know what I'm saying internet driven you know uh, pop culture uh news right um but but even outside of that it's like you're talking about people with nice hair who wear suits to work and they have a career that they're building and so that's what they're representing and that's what they're protecting at street roots it's we're talking about people on the like in the street in the the environment their lives every day yeah so the authenticity and like the and and how immediately important that is comparatively it's like you legitimately guys, on the ground yeah like legitimately boots on the ground. <laughs> in the trenches in suits. the trenches literally yeah, for sure and so it's like when you when you come from that place of authenticity of course you can punch up no one else can do that, and also it's kind of like you, you, you know. I mean, who you got? You got to, yeah. Because these, because these wavy hairs over here, they ain't gonna do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I, I love that last uh, paper, just the su the summation of the um, uh, midterm elections and yeah, state. yeah, 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 yeah. It was just concise, objective, right to the point. I, the fact that I can grab that just coming right out of the grocery store, it's like. You cannot beat that kind of accessibility. And, and where do you go purchase your papers? At? I get I get mine at the New Seasons. Yeah. Uh, on Lombard. Yeah. Or sometimes I'll, if I'm at the New Seasons on um thirty uh, third. Yeah. There also there's also a cat in front of the grocery outlet on Lombard that I sometimes I'll get the uh, paper from. Yeah. So I mean everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. It's all over the place. Everywhere. Bro. Yeah. So and and talk about we've talked about this before, but obviously it's been a long time. So I'm okay with talking about it more again right now. And again, we're we're, we're promoting it. We're shouting it out again. We're talking about it for a bunch of reasons. We were able to just list list off, but talk about the actual interaction because we're speaking to the journalistic aspect of things and, and how pivotal the journalism is. But there's also sort of an experience because you're not having somebody throw paper on your lawn in the front yard. You're not going to a newspaper stand to purchase a newspaper. You're actually going to a person who is selling the newspaper, more than likely homeless or impoverished, and you're interacting with that person as well as you purchase the newspaper, obviously, and we spoke to how good of the journalism it is there. Yeah, and they always have information. I mean, obviously, if you're standing there and you're selling a paper, you're going to read it. And so yeah. they ha they they know what's in the paper. And a lot of the issues that <clears throat> excuse me that you guys report on are directly affecting these guys yeah. and, and, and gals that are out there doing it every day. And also, moreover, like, it, and to, to, to touch on the experience thing, like, you're getting the news off of the street. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's coming off of the curb. And that immediacy and that visceral experience of like, okay, like what I have in my hand is going to tell me directly what is happening in my environment. And I'm the type of guy, I'm on the streets all the time. I'm outside all the time. And so it feels, it doesn't feel removed. Yeah. You know what I mean? It feels immediate. And I think that that's, and honestly, I bet you in some ways, that's probably uh, a, something that would make somebody that's unfamiliar with the street paper formula and the street paper model, that it might deter them a little bit. But I feel like if you just go and have a quick chat with your with whoever a vendor is that's nearby to you and just 
chop it up with them about street roots and about what they do and just about what's in the paper, you're going to learn that like this is the most pre- it's probably the most pressing immediate news that you can get in the state. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. A- out of any publication. Absolutely. For Absolutely. sure. So yeah, that's why we had to name our announcements a segment because you see what it always turns into. <laughs> yeah. It's more than just announcements, it's, it's, and I'm glad about it. Like I'm glad we are able to have announcements, and there's also like substance behind our announcements instead of like oh, <laughs> just announcing nothing. Yeah, hey guys, it's raining <laughs> we actually again. Have, hey yeah, guys, it's raining in Oregon again. <laughs> Here goes nothing. <laughs> so it's always cool because it's it, the wind shares. Yeah, bro. it's the wind shares. I, I think we're gonna rock with it i think zeb we might have to do something we might have to uh do a little you know do a little yeah 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 (laughs) yeah yeah get some post editing in and uh turn that into a segment here sooner than later you ready to get into content yes i am i mean there's so much to say where could we where should we start (laughs) i mean Obviously, and that was also a stolen bar from Simba, who we'll give a shout out a little bit later on too in the episode, by the way. Friend of the show. Uh, famous, world famous in a L.A. Leakers freestyle. That was the opening bar. But let's start with these mass shootings, man. We got to take it there. Again, I, I spoke to it at the top of the episode. This is one of those days where as a podcaster, you don't necessarily want to have to come in to record and speak on these particular issues. Obviously, we like the fun stuff. I'd much rather come in and just be able to talk about a Kendrick Lamar album or talk about the NBA playoffs or talk about, you know, something just lighter than this. Um, Go ahead. Man, 288, that's the number that is on the graphic that's floating around the internet. And so that's uh you hear a lot of people saying um you don't um that th- th- they don't want our society to get numb. I've heard that word used a lot particularly yeah. by like Steve Kerr, Marcus Smart. I mean in the NBA world which obviously we you know tap into but Absolutely. you know and other and other other pundits other platforms have said something to that effect but I mean Three school shootings or three three mass shootings in the last, I guess, eight days now. Twenty-six mass shootings in the United States thus far this year. And it's not something that I don't know. I I, I don't know how you could ever be numb to something like that. Like yeah. I don't know how you can go, oh, I hope that we don't get numb to our children being killed in their schools every weekend. And, um, you know, I, I don't, <laughs> you're right. It sucks to be a podcaster because, especially because we're such podcast addicts. Yeah. And so we don't really have the option to ignore w- the conversation. Yes. So, and, and, and it also sucks because like, you know, for the last couple of days, as I've been listening to, you know, various podcasts and everyone's going to touch on it or whatever, it's. It's hard not to look at it from like a professional, you know, sort of lens, you know what I mean? Where you're like, okay, because I mean, this is a game of takes. So you go, okay, how do I come at this from a different angle? But with this issue, it's like, there is no other, in my, as far yeah. as I'm concerned, there's no other angle to take. Stringent gun control is the only option at this point. 
And I'll be honest with you, man, there was a point in my younger life when I was like, well, you know, I, I like guns. I'm from the woods in Forest Grove. Like, yeah. Maybe I don't want that. But it's like, again, like numbness is so far beyond my mind. Like it, 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 it stings and it affects and it, and it hurts more and more and more compoundingly exponentially every week that this happens. And the only option is gun control. Is that's that to me? That's the only option. And I want you to speak more to sort of your your background and the way that mm. you were raised in that sense, as you just sort of spoke to. Um, because I obviously know you, and I've had these conversations with you in regards to just mm. how gun culture was growing up. Where you grew up yeah. in Forest Grove, Oregon, in the woods, in the sticks, if you and will. Banks and timber and, and Gaston and yeah. Vernonia and all Just the places. Speak to like coming from a place where gun culture is prominent to yeah. where now seeing the impacts that sort of the lax stances on gun culture is having negatively. You know, all right. with all of these mass shootings that are taking place and beyond, of course. But right now, obviously, we're speaking more so to the mass shootings. Well, I mean, look, I, I don't want to speak for people. Um, yeah, it's all you. But, uh, you know, from where I'm sitting, it's like, you know, I, I come from rural Oregon. Right. Outside of really any big cities. Uh, and a lot of places in this country that excuse me, are, you know, very pro-gun and advocate for those, you know, rights, they are rural. And that's not where, like, I, I mean, let me, let, me, let me put it a little bit more plainly, too. They're also mainly white, especially in Oregon. Yeah. And so, I mean... They're what I mean. You would, you and you obviously are too. I for, am for the mainly that, white. For the yeah. ones that can't tell how, know, because I of know. how cool you are, I don't think everybody <laughs> no, knows no, that no. you're white. <laughs> My name Kodak Blackwood. I'm white. No, no, no. no go no, ahead though. Go no, ahead. But it's like, but it's like this. That's not where you have that fear of someone going to walk into a place and shoot up the joint, especially in a place like Forest Grove, because it's like, okay, you know, everybody has a gun around here, so. That's just that. I mean, at least when I was younger. Right, anyway. right. But it's like, that's not where any of the fear lies. The fear is, is that you could be walking anywhere at any time and you could get shot. And to ha and having a gun is a, a supposed to, you know, in theory, in, in, in their mind, in, in those pro-gun people's minds, it's like, yeah. well, I want to be able to stop it. But this is the facts. They're not fucking stopping anything. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, is it because you don't want to, is it because of like the canned answer of like, I don't want to have the live, obviously you don't want to murder somebody, liability, it's just to protect my family, blah, blah, blah. Or is it because you don't actually care for your neighbor? Do you not actually care for the people that are next to you? Do you not actually care for the other kids that are in your kid's school? A lot of people have been saying, well, I'm just going to homeschool my kid now. It's like, well, what about the, you yeah, know, the kids, the, that the kids, can't afford to they, do they have to go, to, go to school. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I want to talk about all this other stuff because my, my opinion is, is we can't have any other conversation 
it, it's it's to the point now. I mean, it was before. Let's be honest. But we cannot have any other conversation or address any of the incredibly pressing and important issues that surround it because there's so many unanswered questions. Like, what is happening in the country that's making young, you know, mostly white men turn into homicidal maniacs essentially yeah that's a it's a it's a bonkers ass question i got a lot of ideas about it but i can't everybody does but (laughs) i can't even but we can't even have that conversation until we until we 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 pass down incredibly incredibly stringent gun control if you're going to go by the numbers just objectively America should have the most stringent gun control in the whole of the world. Yeah. Because we shoot people more than anybody. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, if we can't, I mean, it's just, that's just all that needs to happen. It's all that needs to happen. You just got to say, sorry, guys, no more guns. Yeah. If your kids are in the living room playing with Nerf guns and one kid keeps getting shot in the eye a bunch and he starts crying, guess what? The guns are getting put up, aren't they? That's what needs to happen. There's no other. Yeah. You know, there's nah. just no other. I mean, and I mean, it's just no other way. No, I respect it. I hear you. I, obviously, you know, uh, there's a lot of people and I included. I've been on international platforms as of late, especially in more so relation to the Buffalo shooting mm. um, where 10 black people were killed by a, a young white man. We obviously have have in the last couple of days, been speaking to um, the shooting at Robb Elementary in Uvalde, Texas, um, where 21 people were killed at an elementary school, 19 kids, a couple teachers. Um, But in these conversations, you know, the pressure that I am applying is more so to that of elected officials. And the reason why is because the elected officials are the decision makers in regards to us being able to have these stringent gun control laws that you speak of. So obviously sitting in the seat that I sit in, being in the political world in the way that I am, and again, making these international appearances, we're seeing accountability being lacked by the elected officials as well as things and 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 departments that elected officials oversee. So you can see sort of this trickle-down effect, which we've always talked about this system and how it's a broken one. But in these moments, we obviously have to speak to it in a more in-depth way. And we have to be a little bit more meticulous in calling out several facets of the system because of the ways that they connect and work together. And obviously that leads to these massacres essentially to take place. So I'm, I'm big on, you know, the elected officials have to step up. Obviously, you know, I do a lot of anti-police work. Let's just call it what it is. Um, Mm. And, Law enforcement has been very lax on these issues, and now we're starting to see them become more frequent as well. Well, law enforcement, if you're lax on these issues and the issues are increasing, what is your value here? And people are using these incidents to try and actually kind of lift up law enforcement because they think that law enforcement is the answer to stop this when in a lot of ways law enforcement has enabled this to become more of a culture rather than it becoming 
minimize where maybe it's a one-off thing or maybe it just doesn't happen at all. That's what you hope for and that's what you wish for. So for me, you know, in the places that I sit in um, with the connections even, let's just be real about it, that I have and with the platforms that I'm afforded to be on, I've earned my way there as well, by the way. But, you know, I'm also always grateful to be able to be on these platforms. To me, it is very, very important for us to put more pressure on our elected officials and to call out law enforcement since they want to get since they want to keep getting money <laughs> since they want to keep having these bloated budgets if you're the ones that are supposed to ultimately stop this from happening but you're enabling this to actually happen a conversation has to be had there and again law enforcement elected officials they're connected so we have to speak to the ones in power to make sure law enforcement is being held accountable. And obviously we have to speak to that of law enforcement as well and, and making sure that they're being held accountable in, in the positions that they hold. Now, obviously, there's a lot of different angles you can go with this. I'm only speaking to angles that I've had to cover. Um, you know, and angles that uh, you can go to another platform and they're going to be giving you an entirely different angle for this from this one. And I'm not here to have the best take. I'm not here to have the best angle. I'm here to, to say something has to get the fuck done and this shit has to end immediately, pronto. It has to end now. So whatever ways we have to make that happen... We got to get this done now. This is something that we can't stand for. This is something that we 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 must push back on. Because, you know, as I said, like look at these families and how devastated these just think about and try to fathom if this was your relative, if this was your family member. I mean, the the teacher, one of the teachers that was murdered in the elementary school shooting her husband just passed away today because he had a heart attack, probably from grief, obviously. So just think about how devastating devastating, and how much an impact this has on communities, this has on the world, this has on parents. I've got a kid in elementary school, so I'm obviously feeling this in a different way, even from, a, from the parental side of things. So just, it just, you know, we all have to, demand that this end now that this end immediately because living like this is just not the way man it's just not the way you know uh <laughs> the 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 gun symbolizes to me for this country and i think in in some quasi way the same for politicians, law enforcement, and even these mass shooters. The gun is just a symbol of a barrier that Americans can hide their insecurities behind. Mm. And that's why people aren't going to give them up because it's. I mean, the metaphor is pretty on the nose in this one, but, you know, it's a literal laying of the sword down or laying of the, of the gun down to, to go and face parts of yourself that are very difficult to face. Yeah. And people don't want to do that. I don't really have a lot of respect for people that don't do that. If I'm being honest with, you know, the listeners. Ditto. 
but because, you know, uh, it's hard work, but that's what you got to do. Like, I mean, shit, man, I feel crappy. Everybody feels crappy, but to just have it in your head that, you know, you're going to walk into a school and you're going to kill an entire classroom full of children. Uh, walk into a grocery store and walk, just full of full of, full of elderly citizens, just black trying to people, get, just <laughs> elderly to get, black citizens, just trying to get b- groceries to yeah. make dinner. Just yeah. like the most benign, simple, you know, parts of humanity that, like, because of this thing, you know, this school and food, this gun, school and food. Think about how essential school education and food is. To, as you mentioned, humanity. Like two of the most essential aspects. It's incredibly inhumane. Of humanity, school and food. And and man, that's what the gun allows you to mask and allows you to minimize and compartmentalize and forget about because it's ultimate power. And so, you know, I just see, you know, because I mean, because I said I grew up around guns, so I know like. I know, like, the psychology that it, yeah. that it affects people's minds. When right. That culture is just, you know, is permeated throughout your life. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, and I just know that, you know, when you when you have something like that, I mean, dude, it's like, I'm not, I'm not trying to get, like, philosophical No, here, it's but good it's like, because, because, again. Because I don't, I mean, like I said, gun control is the only way. I, right. End of story. But, like. Once that gets done, and as far as I'm concerned, I think like that's when some real work is going to have to begin here. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah. these these politicians who are you know tucking their tail between their legs and and they're not, and they're and they're they're not signing off on obvious bills that need to get signed off of. Right. For a. Uh, 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 Trying to withhold power, yeah, and, and make more money probably on the back end yeah, of that for sure. And law enforcement, you know. Yeah. Dot dot dot. And then these young and then young and then these young, you know, men, white men is was pretty much exclusively what it is. Like they're all the same. I just see the same person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just see the same person and they're and they're being like, you know, afflicted by the same sort of like, you know, uh uh copping like like position to just cop out, man. And it's like Oh, I, I I just don't know, man. I, I don't know what, to, like, I just don't know what to say, dude. Because I mean, you can't, you can't convince people to put them shits down when it solves all your insecurities for you. Yeah, yeah, it's deep. <laughs> you know That's what I deep. mean? That's deep. And so I just hope that we can make some action uh, in the government. To, you know, really bring the hammer down on this situation, and we can save some more people's lives in the process, and put a stop to just an incredibly senseless, terrible phenomena that is just like it makes me really, really sad to be an American. Yeah, that like, you know, it's not a. This is not a proud moment. Because I our feel because like, I feel like I used to be. For a second, when I was yeah. young, yeah, you know what I mean. I used to be proud to be like, "Oh, this is a country where everyone's accepted," or whatever, right? But I just don't feel that way anymore, and so that's a really sad thing. But, 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 I, I, I do, I do want to say as a caveat, like, 
I still have a bunch of incredible. I, I'm fortunate enough to where my life is. I'm surrounded by incredible people. Yeah, I'm sitting across yeah, yeah, the yeah. table from one right now. Yeah, and so, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I do have a a, a ton of hope. You know, I do right. have a ton of hope, but I just think, like you said, we just got to just put the foot on the gas and put pressure on politicians and continue, continue to just to use the platforms that we're on right now and 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 other and otherwise to just continue to beat this drum because until we can get a handle on that, it's we're just never going to be able to move forward as a country. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree, man. Again, condolences to the families. Um, and I'm just wishing everybody well in this time. Again, there's so many, we can have this conversation and speak to it from so many different lenses. Um, because again, I, I mean, kids, 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 like they got to go to school with this on their mind now. Kids have to go to school. Parents have to send kids to school with this on our minds now. Like, I mean, again, there's so many angles, you know, black people like we don't know if we can go to a grocery store now without a, a, a white racist punk coming and like airing the entire place out and, and just trying to get rid of us over lame ass falsified ass theories and just, yeah. you know, learned hate. It's learned hate, too, mm -hmm. by the way. Like, we're not going to sit here and call this type of behavior unlearned behavior or we're not going to, like, limit this to mental health or di or disability, for that matter. This is learned shit that's taking place here. And it's just so unfortunate that this are the, these are the times that we're in. Yep. And can, can I say something, man? You know, it, can, it, it's, it's not a great time to be in America right now, as you mentioned. I know this is going to be, you know, whatever. Come at me. Um, but... You know, like I said, past the gun control thing, like parents just got to be better parents, man. Like yeah. the gun and the phone, to me, they symbolize a lot of the same things. I see parents all day long just going like, shit, my kid's not listening here. Take this. Yeah. Take this. Just yeah, put yeah, this yeah, in front yeah, of your yeah, face. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, what yeah. do you think is on that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Not There's tons of good on here, but I can promise you that it's a lot easier to find the bad on here. Yeah. Way easier. For sure. And you're just going to throw that in their face like... You know, where people can go to communities far flung across the entire world and be able to find a small niche group of people that are going to echo chamber their all thoughts and ideas. Yep. And they're going to teach each other this behavior. This behavior. Yeah, it's learned. It's learned. So it's <laughs> it's learned. like, man. And then they go out and act. Yeah. Yeah. They're on uh, social media. They're on all of these different platforms. Yeah. Like you said, linking up with these, these groups and going out and acting on these, this learned. There's it's plenty of ways to learn it, but it is indeed learned behavior. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> it's learned behavior mm -hmm. for sure. So I, I think that was a great point there as well. Moving along. Rest in peace. Rest in peace to, to all everybody. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we've mm -hmm. talked about too many of them you know obviously the most recent one has been this elementary school but again obviously as a black man you know i can identify i mean obviously i can identify to the elementary school as a father of a, of a kid in elementary school but also just as a, a black lot of those man, kids were little brown babies man yeah, yeah little, exactly so you know i can obviously relate and, and i'm triggered in that regard but also as a black man as a black civilian as a black citizen here in this country knowing that I can get picked off anywhere just because I'm black. I can just get picked off just for being black. I could be the greatest guy in the world. I, I mean, I could, I could do all the things that that I do, but because I'm black, boop, Don't picked matter. off. 
it's that simple. So to have to live with that, um, it's it's tough. It's unfortunate. Um, but but condolences to to families and friends and loved ones who have been directly impacted um, by these mass murders. It's, it's, it's just an unfortunate time, man. It's an unfortunate time. Not that we're going to get to a much better topic here, but uh, Tim Anderson. <laughs> yeah. Tim Anderson, shortstop Chicago White Sox. I would hell say... Hell of a ball player. Hell of a ball player. And, and I would Crazy definitely bat. say so much swag. Um, and also, probably you could just flat out say he's the most prominent black player in baseball today. Definitely. Um, and then you have Josh Donaldson from the New York Yankees, really good player. Um, and in a nutshell, mid-game, he referred to Tim Anderson as Jackie. Man, Jackie kept calling Robinson. him Jackie, probably from kept the dugout. Him Jackie. Kept calling him Jackie. Um, yeah, it wasn't. It, it wasn't just one time he said it yeah. on the field in that game. Yeah, it was not just one time that he said it. Obviously, that turned into a commotion. Has been a big conversation. I think Donaldson was suspended. Yeah, uh, he's, for he's, his remarks. He's currently not. He's, he's he's serving his one game suspension, and he's also on COVID protocol, so he won't be playing for a couple of days, which is probably good for him. Yeah. So you know? so that's that with him in, in that regard, but. Um, it was interesting because earlier today I was listening to a conversation with Tim Anderson and that of Bomani Jones. He was on the right time with Bomani Jones. And, and obviously, as I mentioned, Tim Anderson being black in a sport like baseball, in a league like Major League Baseball, if we want to get even more specific, um, they have not handled the racial side of things good at all in that particular sport. Um, there's a lot of racial barriers still in that sport, although Jackie Robinson, you know, broke the racial barrier back in the 1940s, becoming the first black baseball player here in the United States. There are still barriers, um, and there is still a very low percentage of black players that do play in the MLB. So Tim Anderson decides, I want to go talk to Bomani Jones Bomani Jones, obviously being black, um, shares his platform with him. And essentially one thing that stood out to me was Tim Anderson wanted to speak to Bomani because there was sort of this disconnect between him and baseball media. And although Tim Anderson is a relatively reserved guy in regards to like how he approaches the self media. Self-admittedly doesn't talk a lot. Self-admittedly doesn't talk a lot, but... His swag and some of his antics do tend to be loud. But the reasoning as to why he decided to talk more than even he usually does on Bomani's show, I think, was very telling as to why he doesn't talk a lot. Baseball, the white media is right. like dominant by a long shot. So he doesn't necessarily trust the white media to be able to, to, to cover anything in regards to him, especially an issue that deals with racism or, 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 you know, a, a, a racially inappropriate comment, which was made by Donaldson, which he was initially saying was a joke. He since apologized to Jackie Robinson's family, um, but initially, obviously, in defense of himself, he was saying that this was a longstanding joke. Tim, Tim Anderson refuted that by saying, me and this dude ain't been cool. I've had this conversation with him before about calling me Jackie, and he decided to be to try and attempt to be funny and do it again. Um, but 
I think it was very telling because, you know, when I seen Tim Anderson and I listened to the reasons why he decided to go on Bomani's show, it took me back to months ago when we had the conversation about Damian Lillard and when he kind of went at the NBA media and we talked about sort of the media that Damian Lillard actually speaks in depth to. All of them tend to be black. Um, Chris Haynes has kind of been known, affectionately known as the Damian Lillard insider. Um, you know, we've heard him have these long podcast conversations with platforms like Million Dollars Worth of Game, hosted by Gillian Wallow. Um, and to me, that sort of through line when it comes to that lack of trust based on how they look at the media, to me, that is where even if Josh Donaldson was attempting to make a joke, the atmosphere, the timing, the place, and the fact that he's doing it on a major league-based platform, to me, was very telling. And that through line kind of was the same in two regards. Even if you were truly indeed trying to be funny, wrong place, wrong time. Bad place to try to land it. <laughs> like, wrong league to try to land it in because if well, you know the culture right of this league, league really. huh? It's the really, it's the right league to throw a hack meat racist joke out. Well, yeah, if, from I the mean, dugout. But, but if you're, but if no, you're but trying to downplay the fact that it was racist to a joke, because that's essentially what, he, like, I don't I think mean, it was well, necessarily I, a joke for him. I think he's trying to say it was a joke to try to downplay what it actually was. Yeah. And I think that just sort of through line, like the platform, the people, the lack of trust, essentially, for Tim Anderson to want to be called Jackie Robinson while being a black baseball player just doesn't seem like one that would land to me, which is why I'm more critical of the fact that you even tried to pull it's that off. Hacky like, you it's know what I mean? Funny, like, why dog. would you even try to pull it's that not off funny, dog. there? <laughs> like, like here, like, 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 I'll keep it real. Tim Anderson can probably go back to his neighborhood, and he could be around his people, and, and somebody could probably be like, "Oh, you uh, old Jackie, Jackie Robinson, Robinson asthma," that. you know what <laughs> I mean? They call it, and, and, and it'll be and funny, funny you know what I mean? But, but that's where people don't read and connect these cultural differences based on applicable history. Yeah, exactly, bro. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. What are you talking about, Why would dog? you call him Jackie Robinson it's during a Major League funny, Baseball dude. game? It's not even funny, dude. And <laughs> it's like, look, this is the thing about comedy. You can be mean if you're funny. But if you're yeah. a guy who's not funny... And also probably me, at least by appearance, you know, in that particular context. Yeah. You're neither, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're not funny and you're probably being mean. You're not going to land a joke, especially one that you tried to make back in 2019. And, and it, it didn't already, land And it then. wasn't funny then. Right. Okay. So like, why are you Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, Incredible, look, man. Look, man, get all your jokes off. That's cool. But that's the thing about jokes. Uh, you know, go ask Chris Rock. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. if that shit ain't fucking funny, we will get slapped. Yeah, but again, Chris Rock made a joke about Jada at a previous Emmy show that he hosted, and they didn't like that. Right. So he tried to turn around and do it again. How and although, it go, and, I, and I am not defending Will Smith in this, but I'm just saying there's a, similar, a similarity here where he tried to do it again. Wrong place, Chris Rock. 
He got his. He got <laughs> slapped upside his shit. Apparently, the Oscars is uh, on the list Donaldson, of wrong places. <laughs> Tim Anderson had told you back in 2019, yeah. we don't have to speak again. Like, don't try to do that again. Right. And here we are in 2022. You try to do it again and expect for no consequences to take place. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and you know what, man? Like, look, bro. And it's funny, like, and <clears throat> talking about him going to Bomani, it's like clearly there's no like black media representation in that sport. Exactly. Uh, me, it, Bomani's not even a, a, a MLB analyst. Right. Know, he's right. It's like, like, <laughs> oh, dude, thank God. Bomani's tied. I'll go talk to him. But it's like, also, even if even if he wanted to go air his feelings out to some of these other, you know what I'm saying, platforms among the MLB circles, yeah. I, you know, you couldn't, especially in this situation, because you're gonna be talking to a bunch of other squares who'd be sitting there in the dugout chewing on fucking big league chew, thinking it was funny as hell too. Yep. And it's like, nah, bro, you just don't you, get it. Here. You don't get it. Yeah. That's yeah. And, and that's the thing, man. Like that matters to me so much. Like Trying to get that joke off in the middle of a major league baseball game, to me, why would you even attempt that? Like, forget yeah. that you were just trying to a get a joke off and it didn't land. It was the attempt of trying to get that joke off in the setting that you yeah. were in, in the league that you're playing in, which clearly has a race issue, a, a deep-rooted race issue, and that is very, uh, very, very widely the, known. The Oscars may be... <laughs> and a- that's why you called Tim Anderson what you called him, because you know that that's you the issue that's- that this league has, and it's yeah. only one Tim Anderson. So yeah. this is the guy who I'm going to try to jab this on. Yeah, I mean, the Oscars may have been a new, added newly to the list of places where you can't get it, but baseball games have been a place where you can get, you it, can get it for hundreds of years. Absolutely. Years, dog. Absolutely. So it's like, come on, man. For I'm, sure. I, he should have, he I mean, he should have, he should have got done like Batista got done, but you know, that's, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I'll, leave, I'll leave that at that. <laughs> yeah, man, but no, man, it was just, it was, it was bad, but, but I do think, like I said, that through line, of you know the media and 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 really just the lack of cachet ultimately that the media has had with Tim Anderson the media has had with Damian Lillard and quite frankly major league baseball has had with black people and and in regards to how major league baseball handles race the cachet is non-existent how Josh Donaldson didn't know that prior to trying to land that quote-unquote joke is kind of crazy to me and you can clearly see where the cachet lied in regards to Tim Anderson it lied with Bomani Jones who like you said really he's not even an MLB analyst (laughs) like he's not like he doesn't even primarily cover the sport but the cachet was there because it was Bomani Jones and obviously you know Tim Anderson clearly obviously respects Bomani's platforms platforms but there's a reason for that and that's the reason why he reached out to Bomani and said hey you know what I want to talk to you about this because I'm not talking to any of these dudes about it because there's no way they would understand it anyway because if they did understand it we wouldn't even be here right now having to have this conversation exactly (laughs) like that's ultimately what that came down to um so shout out to Tim Anderson I'm a huge fan Uh, again I I love his swag he's a hell of a talent and uh Again, I I know what it's like. I know what it's like having to represent for your community in a space where your community is hardly present. 
Like, I understand that. You know, I, I, I talked about it a little bit, I think, last week when we had, uh, you know, those the coaches come and, and speak to us at work and everything. But it's like, man, I can't tell you how many press boxes and how many gyms and how many fields and how many stadiums I've been in. And I can probably count on, like, maybe both of my hands how many people that were in my community have been in those spaces with me. Like in real time, like when I'm actually there and it's, I'm there all the time. <laughs> like, like it's what I do. I've been doing and I've been doing it for upwards of five years now. So like I consistently, I've always been employed. <laughs> like, so I understand what it's like where it's like, I'm working in a field in a profession that doesn't reflect or resemble me at all. But I know how important my representation for my people here is in this particular space. So I put on to the best of my particular ability. Tim Anderson puts on to the best of his particular ability for his community. But he's putting on for a community that ain't here where he's putting on at. Mm. <laughs> so right. go figure. <laughs> go figure. He's not going to. He's still going to keep it moving, and he's still going to absolutely, keep it moving. So, absolutely. So I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't come at that guy again. I would yeah, just let just him play baseball. Don't, don't call him Jackie <laughs> or anybody him, else I would that, that, that comes after him. Yeah, let him let him play ball. <laughs> yeah. Let him play ball. Yeah. He's damn good at it. He's a treat. Um, NBA playoffs, man. Let's Do go. We go there? Or you want to take it to the page? Uh we got a little we we got a little time on this one before right. we get to the page. All right, bet. Well, let's rock then. I got a I got a standing bet that the Celtics are going to beat Miami in this series, which that's happening. That's going to happen. Probably I do too, actually. Probably I do too. Uh, what tomorrow? Yeah, probably tomorrow. Probably. Yeah, probably tomorrow night. Probably tomorrow night. Uh, yeah, that's the thing about that team. It's just like they just don't have the weapons that Boston has in this league. You got to have at least two superstars. Period. End of discussion. Yeah. Having a conversation with a very. So uh, what you're saying, Jalen Brown is a superstar now? Okay. No. No. Hold on. Let me. Let me. Hold on. Ooh. Now, hold on. Watch yourself. Star. What you're working with. Star. You need, I said, show me what you you're working a, with. Listen, you need a you need a superstar. Right. And 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 you need another star. At at least. You need a star. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah, I hear you. Uh I don't think that um they that even with what Boston has that they're going to be able to beat Golden State. It's pretty much to me a foregone conclusion that Golden State's going to win this series. I mean, win the win the uh, the championship, just because I just they just can't. Boston can't keep up scoring wise, but Miami doesn't have what they're supposed to have to get over the hump. Yeah, the two star superstar thing, the two star superstar thing that that they're supposed to have, they don't have. Now Kyle, Kyle Lowry is obviously injured and he's not 100%. Um Jimmy Butler's obviously playing like at at, at very least a star. I would argue that he's he's shit if it's five years. He's had superstar moments he's, this He's had superstar moments, but is he a superstar probably? But I mean, not. he scored 20 combined points in the last two games. Right. Call him injured, he's definitely but hurt. they you know, call yeah, him injured. Just, I'm, I don't you know, hey, it is what it is. Doesn't he's matter. You got to go out and get it done. If you plan, you got to have more than 20 points matter, in two. Man. You got to have more than 19 combined points yeah. or whatever it is in two games if you are a star and you're going out there to play. Just don't play. Sit out. If you if this is what you're giving us, yeah. In the in the seat that you sit in, just sit out. Yeah, they basically scored. I think they scored one field goal in the first quarter. They scored one point. It was one to eighteen in the, in the opening, you know, nine minutes or whatever of the game. And I'm sorry, but you can't do that 
in this league. The only team in the playoffs still standing today that you could consistently go, I could see them overcoming a 15 to 20 point lead essentially at any time is the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Because they're the only ones that have the 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 incendiary weaponry of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole. You know the you know the regular cast of characters. We know these guys. Right, right, right. But right, right. uh you know ultimately a Boston and a and a uh Golden State Warriors series, that's the series that the series. that you want to see. It is. It it's, is. We wanted to see that a couple of years ago even. Yeah. When Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum couldn't get over the hump. So I'm really proud of the, which is stupid to say, I know, but I look, I rock with E-Man. I rock with Portland people. So Absolutely. I'm proud. And he's a black coach. So that's why I rock with him. Boom. But Portland State. See, there you go. And the Portland State ties. I'm the yeah, analyst at Jeff Portland too. State. I mean, he's he's a Portland State alum. Yeah. Like, you know, I'll go Vikes, baby. Go Vikes. Exactly. And, and yo, and, and that's what I'm talking about. We know what's up around here. Right. You better come ask about Portland. We know ah! what's up. No, I'm, I'm still from the Bay, no, man. No. Go Dubs. <laughs> go Dubs. No, I just want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that because because let me talk let me tell you, bro. Ime is out coaching Eric Spolstra. That's what's happening here. Yeah. He did it. He 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 got the coaching edge last night when they just said, We're not gonna let Bam Adebayo kill us in, in on penetration. And we're gonna like drop coverage, basically, and just like Jimmy, we know that knee's bum. Yeah. Go ahead and give us 40 at 18 to 30 feet. No. Good luck, bro. Good luck. And he and, luck. and he needed all of it and still didn't work for him. Good luck. So, you know, but again, if you're if you're Boston, dude, what? You're not going to be able to go. I'm so, like Jason Tatum has his catapulted himself in my mind in at least the top 7 in the league conversation, but that still ain't enough, big guy. Steph Curry yeah. is Steph Curry. Steph Curry. Who, who was it, dude? Top 2. Who wasn't on ESPN? I say Steph Curry's top 2. Him and, uh, and Giannis, Giannis, yeah, Two yeah, best players yeah, in probably, the world. yeah, probably. Two best uh, players in the world, but and we'll be, and we'll be able to find that out uh, in you know a couple of weeks. But um, I mean, like I said, like you're not you're not going to be able to to score consistently with these guys, and that's the that's the biggest issue. You that's you guys have issue. weapons in Boston. But those two definite there's two different definitions of weapons, of weapons going on yeah, here, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what it's I'm saying? Heavy artillery over and there it's just like, oh man, I'm sure you feel real good about oh, yourself. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, I'm going to the parade, <laughs> dude. I'm coming with you. I'm, I'm going, going to the parade. parade. I'm so, going to be there. You're going to see know. me getting crazy in the bay. Yeah, I, Dubs I win it. I'll, I'm going to the parade. I'm coming with you, man. I'm telling you, it's probably it'll probably be the only time I ever get to be in it, unless they win again at some point. That'll probably be the only time that I'll ever get to see a, a, a championship parade. Yeah. Certainly not on, certainly yeah. not going up Broadway in Portland, yeah. you know, downtown. That ain't gonna happen. <laughs> so, you ain't gonna see me drunk. Hey, man, it's a pivotal offseason. It's a pivotal offseason. Yeah, and we're seeing, we're seeing teams. It, it, hey, the tide is turning. The tide is turning. We are seeing different teams have success in the postseason in the NBA now. We'll see, obviously, what the Blazers can do here. But uh, look, man, it's it's culture. Bro. Never say never, brother. But it's culture, bro. I hear you. It's culture. I hear you. And if you want to talk about the Portland Trailblazers for a second, and I don't know why you would. But ownership is also up for grabs yes. as well. Yeah. So it's like even if you thought you had a quote-unquote like deep-rooted basketball culture or a winning championship culture in Portland, yeah, uh, that's not going to be very helpful for you as you change ownership. So, yeah, so, it's hard. It's hard. Again, it's, hard it's, to all, hard to do it's both. all about culture. It's, wake, we, it's waking up 
every day and just being a champ, going and getting your dub every single day, every day, in every fa- every uh, capacity, every yeah, yeah, yeah. from the president, uh, the owner of the team, yeah, all the way down to the janitor who cleans up the the, the promenade, yeah. Everybody's got to be at championship level in order. My mama to always said treat the janitor like a boss because everybody plays a role ball, to keep you from taking a loss. loss. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> so Portland, get your act together, baby. Get your act together, man. Yeah, man. Uh, obviously, I think the Warriors are going to close it out tonight. I'm with they you though, about, Portland. I'm with you, they baby. Play we here out here. Few. They play tonight, um, so I, I got them to win it tonight. But also, you know, uh, the Celtics won't be an easy out. I say that much. I do think they're going to close well, it out. It's going to be tough. Well. Six. Celtics won't be an easy out. And and Ime has has shown that he's really good at adjusting. And, and mm-hmm. he's really good at, at making the necessary adjustments to keep his team alive, to keep his team afloat, and, and to keep his team from being – in too deep of a hole to yeah, have to try to engaged. climb out of. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Because exactly. that's the thing. It's like, obviously, we've seen miraculous comebacks, but what's been impressive to me, like, you don't really see Boston having to come back from being down 0-2 or being down 3-1. Like, you know, we, you know, Luca had his turn of, of being down 0-2. Because um, I, I, who did Boston play in the first round? I know they Brooklyn. They play, exactly, swept Brooklyn. Yeah. They swept Brooklyn, and then they beat uh, they, Bucks they, in they six. They split. They beat the no. They beat the Bucks in seven, but but they split those well, first seven, two yeah. games. Yeah, that's right. At home, and then in this series, they split, split. the first two games on the road. Uh-huh. So they haven't really had a deep hole that they've uh-huh. had to climb out of, where they haven't been down two games at like, any point. And they're like four and three at home too. So it's like yeah, it's they haven't like, been down two games at any point during this postseason. Yeah, and and I think that obviously that's, speaks to. Big time adjustments and, and he just having like he's been and, he able just to ha- do. and he just has that whole team engaged into what he's trying to get done. Absolutely, that's how they're able to bounce back like they do. That's why it doesn't really matter if they're at home or if they're away. They're basically getting the same win percentages either way, for sure. And so that's a dangerous team to go out there and fight, go, go out there and face. But I can just see it. I can just see it in in Steph. Cause I've just seen we you know yeah. we've seen this movie so many times, bro. <laughs> yes, we- <laughs> and so I just I can just see it in the way that he's playing that I'm like, yeah, yeah he he's got he he's to, got yeah, it he in the it. tank. He wants it. No, he's, he's got, got it, in it in the tank. Yeah, he does. It's yeah, he does. as soon as this finals comes out, it's gonna be the sickest. Well, Kurt said he thinks that the Steph might be in the best shape he's ever been in he's his career. He's got it, bro. Right now. He's like, got it. Absolutely. Y'all, y'all heard me drop a Simba bar earlier and just a minute ago with the janitor bar, but uh, I do want to give a shout out to some of our friends here that have been on the Wake Up and Win podcast. Simba, obviously, um, he just dropped a record called Goat. Goat. Um, Hard ass video. Yeah, yeah. Go check that out. Dope, super dope video. And he's just been killing it. Freestyle game is still heavy. That fire in the booth was... He's the best. He's the best freestyler <laughs> in the game today. Yeah, he's he like when he's, it comes to doing basically what we're doing yeah, right those, here. It's yeah, his yeah, game. yeah, 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 yeah. He's his he's going on these freestyle platforms and he is setting a bar on every platform. Yeah. He went on Cosmic Kev's platform and set the bar. He went on obviously LA LA Leakers and set the bar. He went on uh, uh, just Fire in the Booth most recently and set yeah. the bar. Like he's going to every. F- popular freestyle platform 
And he just was on, uh, they brought Yo MTV Raps back, and he was just on there. So, Oh, really? Yeah. They, yeah. He was just on Yo oh. MTV Raps. They just brought it back this week. Oh, and, and, and shit. And Simba was on that. the first episode of Yo, Yo, MTV, uh, Yo MTV Raps. That's hard. So, yeah, shout out to him. That's he's killing hard it. As hell, dude. He's I got an album. Yeah, yeah. He's got an album coming this summer. So, we'll have him on here on the podcast when the album drops. Um, obviously, recently he had the big Dr. Dre vouch. And so, um, yeah, man. Shout out to Simba. We haven't given Jason Verrett a shout out. He re-signed with the 49ers. Yeah. yeah, another year. Another year. Obviously, we know his story is still it's just, just <laughs> but he, 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 he he's sticking at it. it. He's staying every, at it every, every time. Year. Yeah, every, every year. year he, essentially, he, he digs like, it out. He digs it out. So, you know, obviously, recurrent, you know, still wishing him a speedy and 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 healthy that, recovery, you know, recovering from the ACL tear, and uh, I'm excited to see him be able to go at it again. And, and you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like obviously the body breaks down for everybody, but for him, like, because I know him personally and I speak to him on a regular basis, like, obviously he probably I think he was our most listened to episode that we've ever had. On this podcast. It was the best interview of that year yeah. that I listened to across every single platform. Yeah, it was a great, great, I'm telling great you, interview. Man. But it's like, go check it. Listen, if you're listening now, go back and look at. Yeah, just go it was listen. Powerful. I might do it on my drive home. Actually, yeah, it was it powerful. Is an excellent interview. It was a powerful interview. But it's like obviously he's still dealing with the adversity of injuries, and it seems like. Every time, and he's having injuries that would be deemed as like devastating injuries, ACL tears, Achilles tears, things of that nature. And like every time he deals with one of these injuries, his mental just continues to get sharper and sharper and sharper. And that's what's been very impressive to me because I've been able to actually like have an up close seat his entire career because I know him personally. So I know where mentally when the injury st- first started happening earlier on in, in his career, and he spoke to some of that here in, in that interview that we alluded to, like mentally he was like deep, deep in a pit to where now, like the conversations that I have with him, the approach that he's taken to recovering, like obviously first and foremost, it's his job to recover. Like this is his living. So, you know, he he, he has to do that. But mentally, he's like in the best space right now. And it's been really cool to, to and I'm looking forward to the day where we'll have another conversation with him again, because I believe he's going to come back, bounce back. Obviously, when we spoke to him, it was around the time he was a comeback player of the year finalist because of how he was able to bounce back from the injury. And obviously, he's going to have a- another comeback episode. As as we mentioned, he was able to re-sign with the Niners, and he's currently recovering from the ACL tear that he had first game of the season this past NFL season. So um, huge shout-out to him. Huge shout-out to Malika Andrews, another friend of the show. Shout out, Dave, shout out Dave McMiniman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> hey, I don't care. <laughs> hey, no, no, Malik it is, is what it is. No, nah, Malik is killing it. I was shouting her out for winning an Emmy. He yeah, was, you hard. know, obviously there's other things. Bomani got one too. There's I other things the right happening people, on the internet. The right, I, you all can do what you, you do there. But I was shouting her out for winning an Emmy. 
<coughs> excuse me, the right people are winning Emmys, man. Like I yeah. was talking about it last yeah. episode, the the change. Where are we? Shoot, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think what we, you're we were, to say. you and I were. Well, the changing of the guard, the changing of the. Oh culture. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We I think with we, the Draymond. Uh, yeah, 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 you know, uh, mad I mean, dog shit. It's yeah. just nice. It's just nice to see that, like, all right, cool. We're like, especially with the sports broadcasting game, it's like, all right, cool. We're in like, you know, more representation for black people that are actually the ones playing the fucking sports that we're watching, and just people that are just better at it. Like, yeah, you yeah. don't like, you know, what I'm saying, like, people, you know, in the media game, get like frightened when they hear like, oh man, someone's like, like a Tim Anderson. Oh, I'm gonna reach out. To somebody that's not even directly affiliated with this sport to try to like air out something that happened on the field, a, a, a direct product of the MLB, and it's like, oh, you know, I'm worried because these guys are just requesting interviews yeah. by people. It's like, yeah, because they don't want to talk to your goofy ass. Like, yeah, what yeah, are you yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, like, yeah. and that's a good yeah. thing for me, <laughs> the listener, because I get to be like, oh, so this guy who's gonna go and talk on the radio actually wants to talk on the radio yeah well good that's what i want to hear right you know what right, I mean? right so it's right. just it's to me it's just like keep keep the emmys flowing bro yeah she she won uh outstanding personality slash emerging on air talent and i always like say, a rookie of the year know, I, i've given her props several times on this podcast i've spoken to her and given her props as well but like I'm this podcast, for those that don't know, this here podcast, she was on the inaugural episode of this here podcast. Yeah. This podcast was ultimately created out of her and I trying to do a demo to pitch a radio show here locally in the market. It didn't end up happening. Well, it eventually happened for me and for her. She obviously is is doing great things. And at the time, you know, when her and I did the demo, shortly after that, she got like a New York Times uh, James Reston Fellowship. So obviously you're going to go do that. Um, but like her and I, we record this demo to pitch to – it was 7.50 the game here at the time um, – Obviously, it took a little time before I did eventually having a show, end up having a show on 750 The Game. But it took them a while. They didn't respond back in a timely enough manner to the demo. Let's just put it that way. The executives didn't respond back in a timely enough manner. So with that, it was like, well, I might as well keep getting reps. I might as well. Create a show, create a podcast, and not like lose the momentum of me making this demo in an attempt to get a show. Like, if this is what I ultimately want to do, I might as well like figure out a way to create my own show. So that way I at least have, you know, the the work experience to end up landing a radio show one day. And the very first episode of this podcast, I interviewed Malika Andrews after she had just gotten, uh, she had just landed the James Reston Fellowship. Yeah, so it was like, that's how it happened. <laughs> and I, I remember. And just remembering like how like, like she was a writer. So that was a time period where she didn't have any broadcast experience. Because she was a young, she was in college. We were both in college, and she was really doing really well, writing great stuff for the Beacon, which is University of Portland's newspaper publication. But she like was so nervous in the studio, and so was I. We both like nervously record this demo because we've really never, never done, done this before, before. <laughs> <laughs> and to now see her, you know, winning Emmys. 
as an outstanding personality and an emerging on-air broadcaster, like that's that's so inspirational to me because I remember the days where that was not her thing at all. So to see her in a relatively short amount of time be able to now, you know, do her thing winning Emmys. And I'm not saying that to shortchange myself either. I'm I'm doing pretty damn all right in this broadcasting space. So for both of us, really, to be able to come from that place of never doing anything like this before at all and nervously recording that demo to she's winning Emmys, I'm on international platforms, I'm on ESPN+, Plus. I'm doing all these amazing things that I've been able to do in the broadcast space. We're both still in our 20s. It's like... That that's pretty dope to to kind of have those timelines, you know, kind of be operating the way that they have been since you know back in those days when we were just young college kids trying to figure it out. Yeah, I remember the we were up in the studio at like a, almost midnight. Yeah, editing down the very first episode of the podcast. Yeah, but even at that time, it was like it, it really it was like. Well, obviously, you're just going to keep doing this. Yeah, you know yeah, 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 yeah. This yeah. is yeah, tight. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and her too. Tight. Like, yeah. like it was known that she was going to be, uh, you know, big time. Yeah. Like folks knew she was going to be big time, but again, that was more so for what she did as a writer. So to see her from a broadcasting standpoint, having the success that she's having as a broadcaster. And again, knowing where she came from and her humble broadcast beginnings is just super dope. You know, that our timelines are sort of adjacent in that mm -hmm. way. And, you know, yeah, it's funny. I was listening. It's the other still day. a long way to go. It's a long journey. We're both playing a long game with it. I'm sure she is. And I know I am too. She was, she was, uh, I was listening the other day and she just sort of dropped that, like a piece of that nugget to RJ she was like, something, something. Oh, yeah, I'm in Portland. But when he's, Jeff was like, you worked in Portland? She's like, oh, yeah, for a minute. And yeah, you know, she, so people don't know that. Yeah. They don't know that. Yeah. She went to college in Portland. Right. She's a University of Portland graduate. Right. And that was where she got her first taste of covering the NBA with the Portland Trailblazers as an intern. And so a lot of people don't really know that, yeah, she's she got her career jump-started in Portland as a college student. She was interning here for the Blazers. It was for the Blazers, one of these local stations that covered the Blazers, obviously. But, like, yeah, this was the first market that, that she was in, in in regards to creating a career that she's been able to create for herself up to this point. So super, super shout-out to her. I also want to give out to sh a shout-out. He hasn't been on this show yet, and – only time will tell when or if he'll ever be on this show, but I don't even care because I'm just grateful to see the man upright. Um, University of Oregon recruiting director Don Johnson. Um, he suffered a heart attack some months back at the University of Oregon at their facilities. And, you know, obviously, you know, it, it was it was it was it was a heart attack. Like that's some that's some severe stuff. And, um, you know, for a long time, a lot of people just didn't know where things stood. But last week, um, University of Oregon head coach Dan Lanning posted a picture of him and Coach Johnson at the facilities. And he's still in recovery. You know, it's a heart attack. Like, he's not back up coaching and recruiting and all of that. But he was able to, you know, at least be upright enough to make it to the, to the facilities and take a picture with University of Oregon head football coach Dan Lanning. So um, I'm just happy to see that he's upright and he's well. Um, obviously, the community, the football community was, was very concerned 
Um, you know, the community here in Oregon is very concerned. He's got Oregon ties deeper than just the U of O. He was a head coach at Jefferson prior to him being at U of O. So, you know, this community has been very concerned, you know, on his behalf. And uh, it's just good to see him upright and, and see him doing his thing. On that note, we're going to leave y'all the only way that we know how because we got a Patreon episode to record. Stay woke and go, go win. win.